0: This is Buried in Our Past, Hidden Histories podcast of Westport Museum for History and Culture, produced by Factory Underground, where you'll hear untold accounts of American history. Thanks for joining us.
1: I'm Ramin Ganeshram, Executive Director of Westport Museum for History and Culture. And once again, I'm here with my friend, Greg Peretta, who is also a board member at the museum. Hi, Ramin. Hey, Greg. Nice to see you. You too. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about something that's much on our minds as as the Halloween season is upon us. Yes. And that's witches. Right. So the first thing I want to ask you is, you've heard of Salem, Massachusetts. I sure have, of yeah. course. Yeah, so what do you know about Salem? Well,
0: I mean, I'm not a historian, and... Um wasn't great in social studies either in school, but of course, Salem, the Salem Witch Trials and all the tremendous amount of media that has been built around that event, I think all of us know something about the Salem Witch Trials. And I would say probably the source of most of my education has been media, you know, not, not, you know, I, I, I imagine, as I mentioned, you know, back in middle school or whatever, you know, learning about these events. And I'm sure I certainly did.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, I'm going to just take a guess here based on what uh, you just said, that what, you know, is what a lot of people know Mm -hmm. that in Salem, Massachusetts in the 1690s, uh, there was a witch trial. Where a number of people in the community were accused of practicing sorcery or witchcraft by two young girls in the community um, who were uh, taken by fits is kind of how it's described in the primary source material. And in their state of uh, convulsion, uh, they accused certain people in the community. And what ensued was a witch trial where these people were tried for practicing sorcery, uh, many of whom, 19, were found guilty and hung. There's a myth that happens that people think witches were burned at the stake. Mm. That did happen in Europe. It didn't happen here.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, but here's the thing that I want to tell you that's a little bit of hidden history. Mm. Uh, there were witch trials in Connecticut right. 50 years before Salem, Massachusetts.
0: Oh. I didn't know that.
1: Yes. And they lasted much longer than Salem. Salem was like kind of over a season, a little bit more than that, Um, a year roughly. Mm. Uh, Here, it lasted many years Mm. and was bad enough that our governor at the time, the colonial governor Winthrop, had to step in to put an end to it. So I want to backtrack a little and tell you kind of a little bit about this idea of witch trials. And Mm. then we'll talk about Connecticut um, in particular. And then we're going to talk about this area in specific, mm. Fairfield and Westport, and that and our connection right. to these Connecticut witch trials or witch panic, right. as we refer to it. So uh, the idea that there were people amongst us that were practicing dark arts or sorcery or witchcraft mm. uh, was a very common concept in Europe from the Middle Ages, probably predating the Middle Ages, mm. in fact, into antiquity. This idea that there were people who were seers or sorcerers who understood magic in all of its forms.
0: Right.
1: Around the Middle Ages, and it kind of really coincided with the rise of you know, the Catholic Church, there was this separation of there's the the dark arts and they're um, really kind of on the rise and always out to get you. And then there's good magic. Mm. So there was this idea that good magic was also all around all the time, mm. and uh, you know, in the in the Middle Ages and into the you know fourteenth fifteenth century in Europe, there were a lot of witch trials, mm. a lot of famed uh, burnings of accused witches, right. and that actually followed. Uh, Europeans who came to North America to colonize North America.
0: Right. I was going to say, it sounds like it's sort of a transplant in terms of attitude and approach.
1: Right. Right. Because it was very culturally normal. So Mm. what I want to say to you is that there and here, Mm. the idea that there was good magic or practical Mm. magic was part of everyday life. Mm. There was an absolute belief that there was practical magic Mm -hmm. and certain people could engage in it. Mm. And there was a great value to that. Mm-hmm. A practical magic might include herbal remedies, for example. Okay. We know there's science behind a lot of herbal right. remedies, right? you know, but they felt it was magical. They didn't really understand the chemical properties of, let's say, using willow bark in a tea right. to take down fever. Right. We know that actually that's the natural source of aspirin, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in fact, they thought it was the person brewing that tea that Mm -hmm. was imbued with some kind of special magical power that could make that happen. Right. And these were all good things, Mm. right? Mm. The person who has a green thumb, the person who you know has a gift with a musical instrument or embroidery. This is kind of practical magic, good magic. Mm -hmm. You know, things that we might inherently call natural talent, right?
0: Right, right, right. right.
1: They also believed in alchemy. Mm -hmm. They absolutely believe that it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Governor Winthrop of Connecticut, the colonial governor, was a known alchemist.
0: Right. I read about this. In fact, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it was considered something that was worthwhile to pursue. This mm-hmm. idea of uh, just to remind everybody, alchemy being the idea of being able to take base metals mm-hmm. and turn it into gold. Right. There was also a belief, though, that those people who could practice practical magic or good magic mm. were on this cusp at all times, mm-hmm. that the veil between good and evil was very thin mm-hmm. and that already knowing enough magic, you could easily be tipped over to the dark side mm. through the influence of the devil. Mm. And then the devil was always looking for people who could be turned, right. if you will, right. because they were already engaging in magic. Right. This is a world where magic was everywhere. And when we think about these witch trials and witch panics, Mm. we think about them as kind of this really crazy departure from normal behavior. Right. Where everybody just lost their mind all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and there's some truth to that in terms of the frenzy of it finding accused witches. Right. but the idea that there would be witches mm-hmm. and that they would easily be turned from good people mm-hmm. into witches—that mm-hmm. was not actually a crazy idea.
0: Right, more of a standard sort of yeah. idea or thought. Absolutely, that existed in society at that time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking of like. You know, jumping into our current present day and beliefs. And, yeah, I mean, let's face it. Yes, yeah. back in the day, we can talk about it's like, well, back then they all believed in magic. Well, lots of people believe in a lot of things today too. That's right. So it's a, kind of a reflection, I think, of you know human nature yes. and a human desire or human need for something. Mm-hmm. So that's another, in some ways, I mean, it's related, but it's a certainly a huge topic. I mean, something to in terms of exploring. You know the parallels, or rather the um, evolution, like what's changed since then and what hasn't changed.
1: That's a really good point. And in fact, as historians at the the museum, what Mm. we talk about a lot, Mm. is the idea that when we think about the witch panics, Mm -hmm. the witch trials, the people who were accused, were often people who were, for some reason or the other, considered outside of the quote-unquote normal realm of society. Right. You know, they may have had a physical uh, deformity or disfigurement or just difference, right? right? There you they, go. they may have, you know, a speech impediment, something like that, something very normal, right? But the point is, they were othered. They were people considered yeah. outside oh, yeah. the current norm, the majority idea. Right. And that's to your point, right? If you're in a community right. where there's a majority idea about a thing yeah. and you're the outspoken member. yes. And to this day, we still use the same language for mm. people who are sort of persecuted Mm -hmm. for being different as Mm -hmm. a witch hunt Mm -hmm. or seeking out somebody to blame for something we call Mm -hmm. it a witch hunt Mm -hmm. right to Mm -hmm. this day so but you know let's think about uh what happened actually here in connecticut 50 years before salem so the connecticut colony was even more puritan than that of um massachusetts it was a colony you know people could go back and listen to our podcasts about Thanksgiving from last November. Um, We talk about that a lot. But they were very religious, very Puritan. And so they were already ripe for this idea of being kind of soldiers seeking out evil and ferreting it Mm -hmm. out. The first uh, witch trials happened up around Hartford. This is around 1650, 1652. So roughly 48 years or so, a little bit more um, around uh, uh, before Salem. It was kind of the same pattern. People were accused who were different in some way. There was a frenzy of accusation. Mm -hmm. And the myth that a lot of people think, and this is true of Salem too, that most of the accused were women. That's not actually true. Mm -hmm. Both men and women were accused of witchcraft right. what's interesting about connecticut versus salem and salem there were um convictions without punishment or acquittals mm. right in connecticut 100 percent of the people who were convicted of witchcraft mm. were also executed like if you were convicted you were that was it there was really? no reprieve uh, there were acquittals here too as well so um here in this area fairfield westport three yeah. women mm-hmm. were accused of witchcraft mm-hmm. And the reason I always say Westport-Fairfield, as right. a reminder, is Westport wasn't its own town until 1835. Right. So, when we look at this as historians, we know that we're talking about people who lived on in what is today Westport, right. but in their time it was Fairfield. And when we look for them in the historical record, it says Town of Fairfield. Mm. Uh, so, uh, a woman named uh, Goodwife Wife Knapp, or Goody mm. Knapp, yeah. And you'll see this a lot, right? Goody. It means good wife, yeah. and it was like an honorific that was right. given to women in, in Puritan
0: times. Right, in right. I'm flashing to Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible. yes. Goody yes. Proctor and all that. I mean, Goody Proctor, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. Great
1: plan. And to your point, mm. not exactly really about which trials. It was about which trials, but it was yeah. really about the McCarthy trials. Right. That's a whole other that thing. That's
0: a whole other story. But it sort of uh, tips on what we were talking about earlier. It's that uh, what happens to people? It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yes. Yes. And a topic whole, to be discussed. And a whole
1: frenzy of accusations. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so Good Wife, or Goodie Nap was accused in Fairfield. Hmm. She w- underwent a trial by water. Have you heard of this trial by water?
0: Heard of it. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it. I, don't, I couldn't okay. say that.
1: So here's what they did this is one of the many ways uh, that they had to determine if somebody uh, was a witch. And by the way, in Europe, there were whole tomes written. Mm on how to ferret out a, a right. witch with like, you know, kind of like a checklist yes. of of things.
0: It's like float or sink. R- right. Like, yeah. So that's
1: the trial by water. That's right. So what yeah. they did was they would tie you to a chair and dunk you into water. And if you were innocent, this is kind of really counterintuitive because yeah. the end is not good for anybody either <laughs> I know, way. I
0: know how this ends. Yes. So if you yeah. sunk, right.
1: you were innocent. Yay. <laughs> and if you floated, <laughs> yeah. you were guilty. Do you know why? No. Okay, so the <laughs> the reason's interesting. The belief was that water related to baptismal water, okay. right? Baptism in the water was mm. a way to be accepted to the Christian faith. If you were a witch, the water spit you back out. It didn't want you because you had renounced your Christian faith. Right. If you were not a witch, the water enfolded you in its embrace mm. and you drowned. <laughs> okay. Some people were lucky because once the drowning happened, they were like, oh no, they're innocent and somebody went in to save them. Um, right or put out a stick or something
0: right i'm i'm really curious uh, you know in terms of just Mm -hmm. like the statistics like so for those that sank and they're guiltless and now drowned yeah i mean really were they that daft that they kind of had that and it was like did these people emerge from the water or was it just simply they drowned
1: no most of them drowned and so But you have to understand in this period of time, just like magic, good Mm. and bad was real. um, They had no doubt whatsoever that there were two lives, the present life and the afterlife. Mm. And the life hereafter in heaven, Mm. uh, where the virtuous person would live again, live forever, live in happiness. And this was a very tangible and real thing to them. So drowning, to prove one's innocence... You know, of course, I'm sure there were plenty of people who thought, "I don't want to die at all, no, right, right, right now." Right. But they had the comfort of knowing, in full belief, that they would be living again very quickly after, in heaven with God. So this Great. was the tra- so Goody Nap ha- underwent um, the dunking. Apparently, this poor soul floated, and so therefore she was a witch, and so she was hung. Hmm. And this actually happened right near um, what is like sort of the the town green town offices in Fairfield Mm. today. You can see the area where the pond was, it's dried up, but you can see it, the Mm. dunking pond, it was called. Now we come to the Westport part of the story. After the drowning, or or the hanging rather, and this could happen before or after, Mm. often it happened before as well, a group of women from the community that were considered prominent women were asked to examine, or men, if it were men, a man who was accused, the person, the body Mm. of the accused witch. Okay. For signs of being a witch.
0: Hmm. And what were those? could
1: be anything. It could be a mole. It could Hmm. be a healed scar. Because they really didn't understand. Right. There was very little nudity or opportunity to see even within a family, you know, someone without their clothes on. So it could be anything. It could be anything that just didn't seem within the realm of the ordinary or the normal, sure. right? So Goodwife Knapp's body is examined hmm. and whatever she um, had on her, Robert uh, Roger Ludlow. So Roger Ludlow was the main agent right. of the witch trials right. in Connecticut. You know, right. in, in Salem, it was a man called Cotton Mather, but in Connecticut, yep. it was uh, Roger Ludlow after whom many things remain named today. Very famous, Mm -hmm. right? So in this examination... Uh, to prove, again, that uh, that Goodwife Knapp was a witch. Uh, of her body, one of the women there was Mary Staples. So Mary Staples, the Staples family, very old, mm-hmm. Westport-Fairfield family uh, from the mid 1600s. Mm. Her much later descendant, you know, direct line grandson, yep. much later was Horace Staples, who founded Staples High School. Yeah. So Mary was apparently well known for being quite an outspoken lady mm. um, who, who broke no nonsense from anyone. And she looked at Goody Knapp's body and she said, Well, this is ridiculous. If these be witches marks, then I'm a witch. Right. And what she was saying is everybody has these marks in their body. This is stupidity. Mm-hmm. If she's a witch because of this, then I guess I am too. Yeah. And our friend Roger Ludlow said, oh, really? Mm. Are you? Mm. And put Mary Staples
0: on trial. Wow. So yes. what happened to Mary Staples?
1: So she was acquitted, um, not in small part because of the fact that her husband was quite prominent right. and wealthy and you know, launched his own campaign against Ludlow and started suing him and so on. And so she was acquitted right. only to be accused again. Uh, some time later. So she was accused twice.
0: So I understood also, and maybe I'm wrong, that wasn't Ludlow also like accused of some sort of sorcery around some sort of a property dispute or something like this? Am I, Am I wrong?
1: So that's a really interesting thing. Probably. Mm. I don't know mm. off the top of my head that right. would bear some research, but not surprising if so. Right. This happened a lot. There was a lot of this, if you didn't do what I wanted... Yeah. You know, there, there were the people who truly believed, <laughs> right. and there were the people who were manipulating the system, exactly. sort of like today, right? Right, right. right. Um, yeah. So she was accused twice. Wow. And got acquitted second again. Time the what second happened? Same thing. Same. Got, thing. got acquitted. So essentially, the Connecticut witch panic predated Salem by fifty years. It lasted much longer. 11 people were ultimately executed. So
0: lasted longer, happened earlier than Salem. Yes. Why? I mean, because of course we all know about Salem. Right. I only became aware of the Connecticut witch trials Mm. recently, Mm. having been associated with the museum. Why is Salem so prominent on the map and... Connecticut, maybe not so much.
1: I think it was two reasons. Mm. This is just my kind of surmise. The first is Cotton Mather, the Mather family, Mm. family of ministers, were very well known and very self-aggrandizing, right? They really had an eye toward their own publicity. So he wrote extensively about the witch trials. Mm. Those accounts went all the way to England, Mm. um, very much painted himself as the savior And then very famously later recanted. It was either himself or his son. I think it was himself. Right. Later recanted and said, this was a terrible mistake. So I think that mm. really created a lot of fame around it. Secondarily, Salem. So people who go to Salem, Massachusetts right now, yeah. and of this time of year, Salem is crawling with people, yes, right? of course. Well, Salem, Massachusetts is actually not the Salem where the witch trials happened. Oh. Uh, it was Salem Village, which was actually now called Danvers, Okay. the town of Danvers, Massachusetts is the real Salem, Oh, in fact. Wow. Um, the Salem that is there today was the port of Salem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Salem Village was a place called Danvers, very close by. So the renaming, actually, of it, I think, also had something to do with it, mm. because in an ironic way, trying to hide from that history, I think, just made it just that much more yeah. interesting. right? I think that's, that's part of it, too. And then the, the last thing I will say that I think that it lived on, mm. a lot of the families very soon after the witch trials happened, you know, when I say very soon, within, you know, 10 years or so, yeah. sued the town and sued to get the property of their accused family members, their executed family members oh, back wow. because their property was seized as well. So there were a lot of successful trials mm. to clear the names of or get the property back of these right. accused people. So I think things happened for a long time after that season, that mm. year mm-hmm. or so that kept it in the public mind. Right. Uh, what happened here was Governor Winthrop basically said, this is insanity. Yeah. It, it will stop. Right. Um, And he was very influential. And so it did. In fact, he had gone to England to secure basically a charter for Connecticut. Right. And in that year or so that he was gone, it started up again. And uh-huh. then when he came back, he put an end to it. And I think he was just very influential and dynamic in that way. So he could squash it.
0: The other question would be, so right, you got Connecticut kind of an amazing, uh, unbelievable event, uh, protracted, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then Salem, you know, making this big mark for the reasons you mentioned. Any other areas, locations in, you know, New England that uh, where these trials were conducted?
1: This idea of uh, accusing people of witchcraft because members of the community were always on the lookout mm. for evil or potential sorcery is an idea that pervaded all of colonial America and Mm. the Caribbean as well. So were there other accusations and trials? Off the top of my head, I can't name you, Mm -hmm. a number of cities and towns and so on, but um, based on the historical record and what we know of the period, yes, there certainly absolutely were. Mm. Uh, I think these two events or these two periods of time, Mm. uh, Connecticut in the 1650s and Salem in the 1690s, are notable because of the almost frenzy around them. The number of people accused, uh, the outcome being execution, and in Connecticut, how protracted it was. Mm -hmm. So that is the story of the Connecticut Witch Panic.
0: Wow. It's amazing, yeah. So, and what other, what other, you know, programming, or you know, uh, this during this time of year, uh, as we all know, this is a busy time of year for, for the museum, and I know that um, some of the programming constellates around some of the subjects you're, you know, sharing today. Uh, so, what other ways does the museum address this or share this information with the, with their community?
1: Well, a number of ways, as mm. you know, mm. we do uh, walking tours. Yep. In the local cemeteries, where we right. talk about people from this period of time and kind of what was going on, as well as other West Porters of the past. Uh, we have one walking tour that's really interesting, um, and it's a dark history walking tour, and it kind of talks about the unsavory history mm-hmm. of Westport. And uh, there, last year we did a panic escape room. It's Connecticut Witch Panic Escape Room, right? Um, based on that, yes, very popular. Very, very popular. So this year the theme is different, but right. uh, we do an event called Darkness Inside the Minds of Connecticut's Colonists, mm. and what it does is it places visitors in uh, our historic barn All right. in the dark, mm-hmm. where they listen to essentially the events leading up to and including a witch trial mm. uh, to kind of truly experience what it must have been like mm. in that time and we call it darkness and we do it in the dark because in that period of time oh. uh, think about it everything was candlelight right and especially at this time of the year it's getting dark early mm. there were shadows everywhere and the belief that bad things lurked in those shadows mm. at all times
0: so come and join us in the darkness join us in the darkness <clears throat> and listen to the story Yes. I love it.
1: Thanks for listening, Greg.
0: Thank you. This has been Buried in Our Past Hidden Histories. We hope you enjoyed today's program. Learn more and support our work at westporthistory.org. You'll love what you learn.